Hey, all you lucky leopardarians! Uh, this I said leopardarians, <laughs> leopardarian, which is a cross between a leopard and a libertarian. In case you don't know, there's a few of them out there. Yeah, you lucky libertarians! Uh, thanks for joining us in this latest exciting episode of the Scottish Liberty Podcast with me, Tom Laird, and him, Darren Eggenswiller. Excellent. Uh, I don't know if you probably can't see this. Well, actually, can you see the microphones? We have an. You want to see the setup we've got out here? He's just he's basically botched together this setup that uh, I just want to say for the record that this does turn into a Buster Keaton sketch like halfway through if it falls down on top of us and kills me uh, I'd just like to say for the record Darren you fuck you well, killed me while I was doing the podcast I mean there's no money <laughs> yeah. involved here so technically I'm not going to be constrained by the producer laws which right, would otherwise okay. mean that it was legally me that was responsible for your life <laughs> right okay but it yeah, has, he has no responsibility whatsoever no. Um, so I've t- this is my own risk held together with cloth tape and, and a couple tape of and couple of bits that I've found <laughs> jubilee clips and you name it like you know, peg clothes pegs it's all held together and as long as nothing like a huge truck passes by and kind of causes a rumble we should be fine so anyway, yeah welcome to the show and we've got uh, quite a bit to talk about uh, this time and um, we're going to start off with I don't know if you heard about this the latest Milo Yiannopoulos I wonder how much that's worth at Scrabble I think he beats you Yiannopoulos yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah it's that man again and he's causing uh, he's actually caused a riot well he's not caused a riot but he's the catalyst for a riot that's taking place in Berkeley University would you believe it Univer- Berkeley University that well known uh, level headed and kind of middle ground university in America and California they are super chill there aren't they? they're super they're chill well the, you know this is the thing they're supposed to be you know the hippie university I don't know if you've ever seen the fast show uh, where they had that guy Denzel Dexter hey Denzel Dexter here Professor Denzel Dexter of Berkeley University you know and his space bats like <laughs> his his research into space bats so yeah it's all LSD didn't uh, didn't that guy who invented LSD go to Berkeley probably yeah, uh, what's his God? What's that guy's name? That's really bugging me now. I don't know. Timothy Leary. Yeah, I'm sure Timothy Leary went to Berkeley University. If he didn't, let me know. Uh, just call me a dick. You say no. Timothy Leary didn't go to Berkeley. He went to I don't know Motherwell Tech. I've got no idea. So we we took a look at some footage earlier, and there are yeah. fires burning in Berkeley. I don't know if that's now. It certainly won't be by the time. Yeah, I don't know whether the fires are always burning in Berkeley, but it seems to be specifically because of Milo. They mm. took exception to some of his points of view. Uh, one of the placards, and I shit you not, read, hate speech is not free speech. <laughs> now, I don't think Milo Yiannopoulos preaches hate speech by my, you know... Well, uh, how do you define Yeah, well, that's speech. a good question to start. How do, hmm, that sounds like a philosophical question. Hmm. How does one define hate speech? How does one define hate speech? Well, uh, hate speech, because I if- guess... If you said, um, I think that the Jews are a scourge on the planet and we should wipe them out, I would reckon that that's hate speech. Okay. Okay. Um, I think you should be allowed to, I disagree with it, I think you should be allowed to say it, what you're not allowed to do is do it at any point. Okay, right, yeah, I suppose that makes sense. Um, What about, um, I really hate that individual over there. I um, really, really hate John Smith. Right. That 
John Smith is well, I guess, such a dick. I guess it is hate speech. I mean, I really, yeah, I really hate Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think she's terrible, you know, and I think her ill-founded views and her well shit music. I mean, I, I, I think she's a, up. I think she's a gorgeous-looking woman, but uh, so I guess you know, uh, should we talk about hate fucks? Uh, um, I, I've no That's idea. Right. I was <laughs> I was talking to Anthony earlier on about hate fucking. Actually, were you? Yeah, so, excellent. Uh, apparently, is the topic of the day. I didn't even know that was a thing. We didn't, we didn't even know we were going to talk about this, but yeah, hate fuck. For those of you who don't know, it's like when you really, really can't stand a woman, but you would just, you would do it anyway just to, you know, just to give her one. Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, we're getting a bit rapey here. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I think moving swiftly along back to Berkeley University. Berkeley hate, University. We could, okay. we're actually going to fall foul, foul of Berkeley University and their hate speech laws. We're going to have protesters outside Darren's flat although they don't know where it is so uh, I suppose we've got that in our so side. protests like to clarify protests at Milo Yiannopoulos talks have yeah. been going on around the country as he travels yeah. on his a dangerous faggot tour yeah. for months and months and months that's not new it is no. a particularly big one mm-hmm. but the interesting part is um, if I understand correctly the fact that Trump's actually weighed in on this so, so yeah. My, Milo was like. Um, uh, can we just? Uh, I can just say he's waded in on Milo's side. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, okay. That, so that's controversial to yeah, some yeah. extent. So, so yeah, Milo was totally. I, I think should have been press secretary for Trump. Um, or yeah. At least he, he joked about becoming press secretary for him. Well, yeah. I um, mean, he's the, he's the tech editor for those of you who don't know who he is. If you've been living in a cave, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos is a very outspoken. Um, Guy, he tours university campuses, giving uh, talks. He he works for Breitbart, which is hardly a left of centre publication. Um, and he's the he was he started out as the tech guy, he's the tech editor at Breitbart, and I'm sure he still is. And politically, he's sort of what you would call alt right. He's alt right, not pro Trump, not the um, not the sort of more recent version of alt right. Which was um, I can't remember his name. Was it Richard Spencer, the guy who got socked in the side of the face recently? Oh yeah, that guy, Antifa. the white nationalist. Or, white or nationalist. well, I don't so, know that he's a white nationalist. I heard that he's a white nationalist. I think he would probably call himself that, but everyone's okay. calling him a Nazi. All right, and then, like so, Milo Yiannopoulos is a gay Jew, so he's alt right, but he's no, no, not- no. Well, okay, gay Jew Catholic. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah and what I'm what I'm trying trying to say is that's his like. Uh, invisibility cloak, like the the okay. left can't attack him. Well, they still um, do. Yeah. They, they they do, but like that that was how <laughs> they clearly he, have. They clearly have, but that's how he got. Like I don't know. That's how I know him because he showed up on like the BBC and stuff. Yeah, saying all these things that yeah. um, a straight uh, guy couldn't say because yeah, um, he attacks feminism with quite feminism, with, with gay yeah. abandon. If I can say with that, yeah, he, he attacks feminism uh, quite rightly, you know, because it's over the bollocks, and, and um, he he attacks um, Islam as well. He does attack and, Islam, and well, I guess uh, no, like so the white nationalism thing. I don't think he's a white nationalist at all. But he denies being a white nationalist. He took somebody to task recently uh, when he was talking at a university. Someone who, under the breath, called them a, a, a white supremacist. Right. Uh, and he went to task on them and said, look, fuck you, I'm not a white supremacist. You know, you know, some of these people are extremely homophobic. Um, so, he, no, I, I don't think he is. He just, I think he's a, he's a, I think it's not unfair to call him a provocateur. Absolutely, he would yeah. call himself that for sure. Um, so, um, so the interesting part is, and he's got some controversial views 
as well. You don't really need to be all that controversial to get up the nose of the liberal left, but uh, he's got some pretty controversial views, even on the right. I would, I would guess, uh, and the, he pisses off. Nobody pisses off the liberals at the moment, like yeah, like, like Milo. So just for that alone, I like the guy. So, but the interesting part, the reason we're talking about this now, is because Trump threatened to. Um, Stop the federal funding of Berkeley he University. Promised to uh, pull the plug on federal fund funding. <laughs> federal, um, I'll tell you what, I'm flying tonight. Uh, pulling pull the plug, pulling on the plug funding. on federal funding for Berkeley University because uh, of the protests. Because of the protests. Now I didn't even know that Berkeley University got federal funding, although I should have guessed. Um, but why is Berkeley or any university? getting funding from the federal government anyway uh, I would guess that you know it's uh, you know why, I don't, I don't get possible, it why would you yeah, what, what possible, possible motive well, would a government have to fund, <laughs> to fund the fund education university. system yeah okay right stupid uh, stupid question right okay well, I, get, I get why they're funding it but they shouldn't be funding it yeah, I don't think it's government's job to fund schools universities um it's, it brings all sorts of problems. I, mean, I guess what they're funding is grants for research. It's research grants. Research grants, yeah. And they'll say, well, you know, I'm sure they could point to all sorts of things that we have today because of some research grants that were given at universities. I guess, which, they'd, I guess they'd be dwarfed by... Which, personally, I think should be paid by private corporations who mm-hmm. might benefit from the results of the research. Yeah. That seems like a better idea to me. Because, of course, that's the right place to make investments. But man, Berkeley University is not going to take any corporation-y corporation money. Okay, they're not going to take that because uh, that's the evil corporations. Profit is evil. And they're not going to yeah. sell their souls for that, man. My my research in the space bets is not going to be funded by McDonald's or Starbucks. Okay, man? So, uh, yeah. They're not having it. It's going to be funded by government at the force of a gun. You know, that's what they're going to do the research into space bats uh, with. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, what we got to say about that? Yeah, Trump uh, is right to say because you know if you're not going to allow free speech and hate speech is free speech, um, you don't have to agree with it, and you don't have you don't have to make rules about freeing people's speech for stuff that isn't contentious. No. Because no no one's going to stop you saying, um, you know, blueberries in the streets because yeah. it's not contentious. Yeah, it's only and specifically to protect, basically, hate speech, right? Mm. And then and then of course you can then expand hate speech to cover anything that you want it to. I mean, if I say I hate Nicola Sturgeon, okay, I don't particularly. I don't hate her. I dislike her intensely. If I say I hate the SNP, okay. Is that hate speech? And, you know, I guess if I say Nicola Sturgeon's an idiot, or if I say Nicola Sturgeon is a traitor, you know, she's a human being. She could be offended by that. She could be upset by that and sort of have a wee greet and a wee pillow at night. Um, so that's... Should, I don't think she'll. I so, don't think she'll care. But well, yeah. probably not. She's got some some bald guy, you know, from Edinburgh uh, has decided to say that I'm a traitor. Who cares? <laughs> um, but considering they've arrested guys for teaching their dogs to do a Hitler grouse, you know, um, somebody will edit that out at some point, and it'll just be me doing that. You know. Stop so, it! Stop! You're giving them more material. <laughs> 
so yeah, a guy taught his dog to do a Hitler grus, uh, you know, and they, they they arrested the guy for it, you know. So who knows? Wait, what? what it's in the UK? Yeah, this was in the UK. The guy wasn't even a, a Nazi or even a rightist. He was. He was, doing it for a laugh. He was a, actually, I think he was a communist. He was just doing it for a laugh. He thought it would make his friends laugh. Put it on YouTube. Dog doing a Hitler grus. Uh, and he, he and got he arrested. I don't think he was ever charged for it, but he, he got arrested. He was a danger to society. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you, can't, you cannot <laughs> have dogs going around doing a Hitler group that will upset so many people. Yeah. And before you know it, uh, people will be setting fire to cars. I always. What gets me when we have these things is people always talk as if it's. Right. The very people who say victim blaming right we shouldn't victim blame you shouldn't victim blame when it comes to rape you shouldn't victim blame when it comes to people uh, you know of whatever hue but as soon as something like this happens they immediately blame the victim they go Milo Yiannopoulos caused this he caused this riot and he caused the people to set fire to these cars because what right. else do you do when you don't like what somebody else I know I'm always doing it like you know whenever I'm on the bus and I hear somebody saying something that I don't like I immediately set fire to the bus and everybody on it because that's kind of what you do and you know what it's their fault man if they hadn't have been sitting behind me talking about how fucking great Beyonce was I wouldn't have got pissed off and set fire to the fucking bus because you definitely okay? don't have responsibility for your own actions I mean that no. would be ludicrous yeah. you're just a determinist uh, human body bouncing around off of all impulse responses yeah, I, can't, I can't help it you know if I get if I get arsey you know <laughs> if it gives me the arsehole so to speak so yeah um, this is this is incredible so the Berkeley this is probably the, the biggest riot they've had at Berkeley since the 70s when it was Nixon I think when all the students protested against Nixon and the National Guard came in and shot a few people um, well so uh, who knows maybe Trump will send in the National Guard and maybe plug a few uh, left wing students not that I think that should happen um, no, just, pe- just pepper spray them <laughs> pepper spray them well, huge pepper so spray so I, I passed some some protesting students recently and it seems like everyone in the world or in the western world at least is protesting Trump for various reasons right um, so in, oh yeah because you, you were in Dundee I was in Dundee briefly um, and uh I, I was there to film the the discussion about or the case against the named person scheme, which seems to be kind of going ahead in part despite the ruling against it by the Supreme Court. Yeah, so, and the yeah. fact that uh, most of the people I know that I've spoken to, the the population seem to be dead against it. But that's never anything that stopped the SNP. The fact that people no. are, you know, no, they're, they're, like, there there were some proper lefties there, right? Okay, arguing against named person, like all of them really? were, were against it. And but the, what, which which organisations were they from? Oh God, <laughs> I can remember that. So how do you? Here we go. So how do you know they were lefties? Um, because they were introduced as like I think so and so and so was from. Well, I'll show. I'll, I'll show you now in the footage. This lady here is from the um, yeah. like because her, her hair's dyed red. She's got silly spectacles on and like <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. Okay, she looks as if she's been. No, no, no. Uh, they were fairly average, average-looking. Okay. Um, uh, uh, social workers predominantly so social workers and people so social work. workers are protesting against this yeah okay yeah people who actually know the ins and outs of exactly how this scheme is going to work okay or not are arguing against <laughs> yeah uh, or is not going to work exactly um, so the only person or the only small group of people in that whole room 
that seemed to be in favour of it. There, there were two. There was um, one mother. No, was it? Was it? Yeah, I think there was one one mother in the front row, uh, and there was one uh, student who happened to be studying at Dundee. Okay. Social, social sciences at Dundee, and seemed to think that because she was learning about it, that meant that it was a, a good idea. Oh, right. um, okay. I'm not sure that she heard any of the arguments about from the experienced people who know exactly what's going on at mm. the front. Yeah. I don't know, but we we caught up with her afterwards, so. Um, or did you do a vox yeah, pop? We did a vox pop on on her because right. she was like the only the people. Darren was a roving reporter at the no, Kaz was. Person. Oh, Kaz, Kaz was Kaz, Kaz Paul. Kaz, Kaz big reports. Kaz Kaz reports. So okay. hopefully, if if it worked, then we'll cut to that now. Um, but if not, then yeah, let's see how yeah. they got on at Notre Dame person. Hi there, this is Kaz with the Scottish Liberty Podcast at the Dalhousie Building, listening to the case against the Named Persons Act at Dundee University. The event was really to try and stir up some concern about the name person. My personal concern is, I think, um, it's too all-encompassing and it undermines families and parents. And I think there's a trend within social policy at the minute to um, look towards or look at parents as being problematic and to encourage professionals to rather than do their job, which is either to teach your child or to heal the child or whatever it is, to think that their role, first and foremost, is to be a kind of well-being monitor. So they have this massively broad framework now uh, for looking at a child, which it, it's kind of, it's different. It's not just like a teacher being a, um, being a nice person who watches out for their children, and, which I think teachers should always do. It, it's bureaucratized. You know, it's this, it, there's a whole tick, massive tick box exercise. It's around risk frameworks, um, and they're being encouraged to be suspicious of parents. I think, and it, it could potentially really damage the relationship between parents and professionals, because parents are increasingly going to see professionals as people that they need to be wary of. So rather than thinking that you should be able to approach a teacher and have a private word about difficulties or talk to the doctor openly. I think parents are increasingly going to be worried about doing that because they'll be concerned about how they're being viewed and how they're being judged and whether this is going to lead to some kind of intervention rather than um, the professional having certain, uh, a certain anonymity and autonomy to actually just relate to the person privately and try and deal with that problem. That's just smashed to pieces. Um, because they have to share everything now, at least in, on, in principle that's how it was going to be. Um, how things will pan out now after the Supreme Court ruling, we'll have to wait and see. That's great, thanks very much. What does the Act say? It says named persons will be appointed by service providers. Now even that terminology, a service provider, we're service users, the state is, you know, the people who provide services which we consume, but it will, they'll be provided, they'll be appointed by service providers. And in the actual words, their function of the named person, the function and the powers is where the named person considers it to be appropriate in order to promote support or safeguard the well-being of a child or young person. Any interaction between you and your child and the state means assessing you, your child and your extended family against 304 well-being outcomes alongside
It's then up to the main person to, to decide if your child has a well-being concern. And if they decide that they do, then you get targeted intervention by the state, which requires part five of the Griffith legislation, which is a child's plan. The problem you have from that point is how to extricate your child from the state assistance they want to give you. But it's up to the main person, not you, to decide not only upon any review of the child's plan, but to decide what the well-being need of the child is, what the targeted intervention is, the manner in which the targeted intervention is to be provided, the outcome which the plan is intended to achieve, and whether in fact to end the plan. All families, every single family, will have, who have a, a new child in the family, will have 11 home visits, um, 8 in the first year, 3 thereafter between 13 months and 4 to 5 years. Each time they will have a GOFIC assessment. Each time they will try and identify family or parental vulnerabilities. They'll do a domestic violence and gender-based violence assessment and they will make inquiries about the family's finances and any money worries. Uh, good evening. Uh, thank you ladies um, for inviting us along today and for all to come. My name is Stephen McNamara. I'm the Membership Secretary for the Scottish Libertarian Party. Uh, I've also been asked to come along to the party um, to represent this year. Uh, on a voluntary capacity, my day-to-day -day life, um, I meet uh, what I can describe as uh, victims of this legislation. Um, and some of the stories are absolutely horrific and bring to the hardest bands. Uh, what I have noticed though is it's the same handful of names being put forward as to who has reported parents. Uh, it's the same social workers or the same school teachers. Is this what we're likely to expect from the main person? Are we going to get more referrals consistently from the same main person? Or will it be more balanced? And I think the, the, the real question is, is, is there a way of monitoring this? Is there a way to bring accountability to this? What did you think of today's event? It's brilliant. I've been following it for a long time and the first time I've managed to come along. But uh, very interested in the link between the named person, the say no to named person, and the link between forced adoptions, which is definitely going on. Okay, so you uh, did you have a fairly firm opinion before coming into the event today? Yeah, absolutely, and really want to tie it all up. But obviously Maggie's done that eloquently and... Uh, yeah, I'm just spoken to Stuart there and saying, yeah, we can get some of our mothers from the support groups that we support to get definitely get together and bring this forward. I'm part of the um, Child Protection Task Force, which is dealing with the issues of the historic child abuse, which I believe the not sharing of the historical information for these people to get justice is just as important of the sharing of the information which may or may not lead to children being removed and parents not being allowed to be parents and who's responsible for the unborn babies and the mothers who are actually having physical and mental and emotional harm caused to them and who picks up the pieces for them and where does that leave grandparents like myself and who's seeing my daughter, their daughters 
not becoming grandparents themselves because it's harrowing, heartaching and it is most very definitely happening. They gave a good few points for discussion and they made sure that we were open-minded about what we were looking for but at the same time they're rather close-minded as to what they're thinking the Name Person Act is. Okay, do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Or? They're looking at the, child, the Name Person being a child snatcher, taking children away from parents as quickly as possible, whereas the Name Person, if it's a, the head teacher from what my point of view from education is, is we're looking at how we can meet the needs of our children and how we work with parents, social workers and work together to make sure that the children's best needs are met through the name person having the responsibility to make sure that this is done. Okay, that's interesting. So did you have a, a, a fairly strong idea of what the name person was and a, and a strong opinion of it before you came into the event today? We did. We look in second year education at working together with the social workers and we have a module now in first year at University of Dundee to make sure that we're aware of the policies and how we can work together most effectively for the children's best needs. That's great. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you to Kaz Paul for reporting there. Now let's get back to the Ramshackle studio. Uh, okay, um, so Kaz, was it... Uh, but, so the, re- the reason I brought that up was, um, so on, on the way, I passed a couple of protesters. Right. Like, it was just outside, so on, on campus somewhere. Protesters with anti-Trump signs, and they were going to the square there, and there were a couple of hundred, apparently, in Dundee. I know there were people in Aberdeen, Edinburgh, Glasgow. Mm. Yeah. A huge crowd in Glasgow. So pretty much anything that Trump does, even though... We already know he was going to do all this stuff because yeah. that's what he said he would do in his campaign. Yeah. I think everyone's just really shocked that he's actually yeah. implementing all the things that he was going to say on his campaign. Yeah, but because it's so unlike a politician to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like what he's actually going to do it. Yeah. I thought he was just kidding on. You know, he's, he's he, what, to he, win he's votes. Fucking really going to build a wall? Okay, yeah. yeah. So, so he's, he's actually going to build a wall. He he had a fantastic um, policy. Well, I think it's great because it's programmatic. So this is this, the sort of policy that works like a computer program autonomously. Right. So that's that executive order saying that any new regulation, yeah, you need to rescind two. Yeah. So that auto- automatically means that if the government is actually doing stuff, okay. then the regulation is being regulations are being reduced. Right. Just okay. Automatically. So regardless of what it is, that is ingenious. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, it's not. It's something that I've heard discussed, uh, and people have said it to me in pubs and so forth, saying like, you know, whenever a government you know should bring in a law, they should always get rid of two that's actually on the books already. Uh, I think it's the thing; it makes sense to me. It seems like a good idea. A lot of people will be throwing up their hands in horror and saying, "No, you know, what, what laws are we going to get rid of? You know, what people will be going around impersonating Chelsea pensioners with impunity. You know, if we get rid, <laughs> if we get that off the statute books, and uh, you know, you know, I think it's absolutely right." that taxi cab drivers should have a bale of hay in the boot of their cab you know to feed their horse even though they don't have one anymore you know, <laughs> so there's, there's probably a lot I don't even know if they're actually laws but these are the ones that people bring up um, I know that I think it's that is actually still uh, a hanging offence to impersonate a Chelsea pensioner so if you were thinking of going to a fancy dress ball as a Chelsea pensioner <laughs> Think on, okay. Um, <laughs> what the hell is a, Ch- a Chelsea pensioner? Oh God, I'm among the heroes. Chelsea, Chelsea. I don't know if you've ever watched. Um, I don't know, like a Remembrance Day parade, or whatever. And there's always kind of like these old. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm going to call these old duffers. Right? These are old duffers um, <laughs> who wear these long kind of red coats and like tricorn hats. Oh yeah. They're good, right? Yeah, they're they're about ninety five at least. You know? Yeah. And it's all old soldiers. It's all guys who, uh, I think. I could be wrong, but I think in order to get um, a place at the Royal Military Hospital at Chelsea, 
you have to have been, I think, a sergeant or above. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll check that out for those of you who are interested. But yeah, so it's, it's the Royal Military Hospital, Chelsea, and uh, they... They, they attend all these kind of events. And, and you're not allowed to impersonate one. You're not allowed to impersonate one uh, right. on pain of death. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It seems legit. So, think on. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, where were we? Yeah, so we're still in Dundee. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the, was the No to Name Person event as well attended as the No to Donald Trump event? Um, oh, good question. Good question. I didn't physically see... I I didn't physically. It was happening simultaneously, so I didn't get to see the anti-Trump demonstration in Dundee. I saw about five individuals right. go. I read that there were over a hundred in Dundee. Okay. That could have been exaggerated. I don't know. But yeah, the lecture theatre was um, packed full for the no-to-named person arguments. Okay. Um, yeah, and the audience seemed fairly responsive, um, and I think they get it now. Okay. So, and there wasn't. I mean. Obviously, we were there, the Scottish Libertarian Party, there because it's a it's a it's a big concern for as us, isn't it? As far yeah. as I understand, other than um, I think one of the speakers who was um, uh, part of a political um, party, there was certainly no sort of representative, no physical, pre- no no sort of like overt presence of any political party. No. Okay. Well, that's a concern. I mean, um, for the for the record, the Scottish Libertarian Party is dead against uh, the, no, the, uh, the named person legislation. It's a it's a complete violation of a parent's rights to their children. Um, the 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 logic behind it, I suppose, is oh, you know, there's so many paedophiles around these days, you know, and uh, and people are bad to their children. There needs to be, you know, it's, this is for the children. It's for the I don't think anybody who looks at this legislation can say that it's going to change, it's going to protect children one iota. I know that where this scheme was piloted in Fife, it's where they had the incident where the two women uh, tied the little boy to a chair and beat him to death. And uh, so the the fact that they had named person uh, going on in that, instance didn't, didn't really help. didn't really prevent it yeah. um, so it's posturing it's not it, actually I think it's practical po- it's posturing and I think in the end it could be used for political means yeah. uh, if you I mean who first of all who decides what could constitute abuse the named person yeah the basically named person. They, they basically become your yeah. and the name um, and the government you know so if, your, if your you're officer if, if the if your case officer or whatever they're going to call them named person mm. who will be a policeman a lot, you know, who decides what's a worthy person? Prime, start, a primary teacher. school uh, yeah. head teacher or the teacher of the form yeah. class or something like that. And there's not going to be enough people yeah. to, 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 so that everybody's got one named person. So, so each named person is going to be the named person for, for maybe up to 30 people or something. At like least 30, as, 30 kids. As if yeah. teachers don't have enough to fucking do. Like well, yeah, they'll get half the year off or third of the year <laughs> okay. off, like, you know, whatever. So um, I'm, I'm, that's another. Having that's spoken another to yeah. from having, yeah. having spoken to um, two two teachers yeah. about this, yeah, the, their general um, take on it is, uh, what? Yeah. How am I supposed to be the parent to thirty children? Yeah. All in of between a correcting homework and uh, <laughs> yeah, but they just get rid of homework. That's the first thing. Not to bring in there. Get rid of homework. If you want teachers to be named persons? Get rid of homework because it's a load of bollocks. Anyway, uh, yeah. absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so um, where were we going with that? The teachers are going to look after them. The policemen, the lawyers, everybody that we've deemed to be a worthy person. But then, who watches them? 
Absolutely. And that's something that came up and that's yeah. yeah, one of the most frequent questions about it is how do you police the police, yeah. essentially? Um, and yeah, I think it's it's a problem specifically for people like us. Yeah. Because say, for example, if we wanted to like homeschool our kids yeah. or do something that's like teach them about the downfall of government and why yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, and try and get our kids to be ungoverned yeah. and ungovernable. Yeah. Um, that would be seen as child abuse. Could be. Yeah. You know, someone would swoop in and be yeah. like, Oi, yeah. don't you dare create a free child yeah. that is against um, this yeah. tyranny. I mean, I know um, Richard Dawkins has already made his case that he thinks any kind of religious upbringing is, uh, is child, child abuse. abuse. Yeah. So, you know, that's a concern for anybody who's a Christian or a Muslim or anything else who thinks, who says, look, you might not agree with this, but I've got a right to bring up my child in a way that yeah. I see fit. And that would include the religious education. And even from, from my perspective, um, so I d- I'm not particularly in favour of a religious upbringing for children. Yeah. But I think that everyone has... If you, if you want to bring up your ch- um, children um, uh, Scientologists, then yeah. you have the right to fuck up your own children. <laughs> yeah. So they are you, you know? Yeah. And and uh, the state swooping in yeah. is like, just, just no, that's, uh, that's not okay. Because the state... And this was something that was said on the evening um, uh, at the, this event. This, the state makes a terrible parent. Yeah, consistently. Um, anybody who's and, and another thing, what what people don't realise, if you are a ward of state or if the, the state is involved in your parenting, um, you are a ward of state until you are twenty one. I think. Hmm. I, you know, I, I think normally. I mean, if you're sixteen, you can at least sod off and leave your parents and go like get it up you I've had enough of this Jehovah's Witness bullshit or whatever you know whatever it is your atheist bullshit I want to go and do my own thing you can at least leave your parents house when you're 16 and go and get a job and and live your own life emancipate yourself yeah if you're a ward of state you cannot emancipate yourself from the state I think it's 21 it could be 18 okay but it's certainly a lot older than 16 that you're a ward of state till. So uh, right. they can pretty much uh, stick their oar into your life uh, until that until that point. So yeah, I've got grave concerns about no, no to name. Yeah, no to name person. Name person is an insidious piece of legislation and the Scottish Libertarian Party are dedicated to opposing it. Uh, I don't know if there's any other part. I know that the Conservatives do a lot of arm waving and platitudes, but when it came to the crunch... I think they heroically abstained uh, when it came to putting through the legislation through uh, the Scottish Parliament. I uh, don't know what that was about. Maybe if you're a Conservative out there, you can leave a comment and let us know why you think the Conservatives were justified in abstaining. I mean, why abstain? I mean, if you're for it, be for it. If you're against it, be against it. What's the logic behind abstaining from yeah. an, in that you particular can, instance? You can yeah. abstain if you haven't dedicated your life to being a fucking politician, where your job <laughs> yeah. is to yeah. figure this stuff out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, did, did, did it just get dropped on them? Did they say, oh, name person, oh, what's that all about? We don't know enough about it, uh, we'll have to abstain from this. I don't know. I guess they Educators. weren't sure which way would get them more votes. Yeah, that, that sounds a lot, a lot more likely to me, yeah. So, um... Anyway. So, so anyway, so you done a bit of Vox Pop. Kaz done a bit of Vox Pop he did. up there. Was he, uh, was he lucid? <laughs> yeah, he was great. I totally sprung it upon him. And he grabbed that mic. Uh, well, this mic, actually. Okay. Um, and he totally uh, yeah, took that, the bull that, by the horns. That mic with, uh, with this on it. Yes. With which, the hairy Harry. 
for uh, wind protection. Yeah, yeah. That is actually almost identical colour to your actual beard. There we go. <laughs> See, from now on, I'll just have to like tape this to my chin. I can also have a, a cool that's rather, that's a bit black, and, man, black and grey goatee. As well, like, yeah. Then we get really yeah, sexy. Yeah, the goatee. There's that. There's also there's, there's, like, the, there's, there's the mohawk. <laughs> Let me know if this is a look that I should go for. Actually, I think it's. A, I, think I, I would not look out of place at the at the you know the Scottish Socialist Party convention <laughs> uh, with this hairdo. Yeah, excellent. I think I should just do the whole podcast with it. No, I better not. People might not take me seriously. You know, as if they do. Well, that, would, that would be yeah. tragic. That would be tragic. Um, okay, so the next okay. thing we wanted to talk about was the uh, the potential nationalisation of the Scottish ferry services. Yeah, uh, Calmac, Caledonian yeah. McBrain. Yes, which yeah. is already publicly owned, as far as I understand from what little I've read. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so there was a contract that um, with... Um, uh, did you read this as well? Uh, because I can't remember the name of the company. The one that does the uh, Outer Hebrides ferry service. Ah, yeah, we didn't uh, because we're completely um, th- amateurs. Uh, we didn't go and bother to check that out who they were called. Yeah, but there's a there's another ferry service. Believe it or not, I can't remember who it would be. Is, is it a bigger one? It's sec 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 or something. It's a small word that starts with S. S- oh no no, Circo. Circo. No, Circo's not a, a ferry company. Is they're it Cer- not? No, they're they're like uh, middle management. They're a sort of oh. um, uh, facilities. Company. Okay. So they do all sorts of things. They do security. They do you know, you name it. So they've obviously got themselves involved in ferries. They're ah. probably in a bizarre term. They're probably using Calmax ferries, even though they're another company. And that's yeah. the kind of shit that happens. Um, right. Caledonia McBrain. The other thing I was going to say about this: there was a quiz show uh, years ago on STV. Uh, I don't know. It probably involved Paul Coya, if you can remember him, or. Um, <laughs> That, that other woman that writes books, uh, Muriel Gray. Yeah, it probably inv- involved them, and it was probably about hills or something. But they didn't know that it was... I think it was called Scott Quiz or something like that, or Brains of Scott. But somebody was going to actually originally call it Caledonian McBrains, <laughs> <laughs> which is a really shit name for a quiz show. But anyhow, so yeah, there's a there's a ferry in Scotland called Caledonian McBrains, and they basically got almost a monopoly on ferry crossings to all the islands in Scotland. And it looks like uh, they're heavily subsidised as it is, I think, and believe in saying, but it looks like the SNP are talking about nationalising them. Yeah. Um, so, to give you an idea of the personally, numbers. Personally, yeah, okay, give us that. So, so um, oh, over the next 15 years, they did this, first of all, they did this massive study on, um, or they did this, they pumped money into tendering okay. for um, all these ferry contracts, and there's this massive document um, that they spent like a million quid. Doing the research, or well, just doing the, the just research, doing, and, doing know, the, the tender, yeah. or implementing the tender, which seems completely ludicrous to me. Yeah. Why um, are you know who are the government to decide who should and shouldn't run a ferry service? You know, if you want to, you know, if you want to run a ferry service, you should just be able to do it. You know, if you've got right. a boat and it's safe and it's and so, people want to pay you to take them to an island, do it. You the, know, the argument would be, oh well, in the Outer Hebrides, there's not enough people to actually warrant a ferry service. It would Rookie. be too expensive, so it would be like 20 quid to, to commute to go to your local shop or something like that every time, so it would be prohibitively expensive. Well, I guess it would be expensive if you wanted to take your car back and forth, uh, cause, which is the, the whole 
point to a lot of these ferries. Uh, you know, you can take your car on there. I mean, I guess Sky's got the bridge now, so it's not such a, an issue. Um, well, look, you know, if, if, if there's not the, the demand there, guess what? Maybe you shouldn't have a ferry service. And if there is a demand there, somebody will, will provide the, the service. You might just have smaller boats running uh, more frequent trips. Sell, sell your car and get a hovercraft. Yeah, maybe some, the water, maybe. maybe somebody would start a company uh, converting your own vehicle into a, like a, an amphibious, a, a yeah, amphibious an, an amphibious vehicle. vehicle to get back and forth from wherever you're going out there in the islands. Or jetpacks. So, jetpacks, yeah. <laughs> it's like the no roads argument, right? Maybe we would fly everywhere had we not. Maybe we would teleport roads. over to the islands and back. I don't know, but you know... <laughs> Teleportation is possible, yeah. Yeah, you uh, just need that 20 quid incentive every time you need to go to the shops and then someone will innovate. Eventually somebody's going to go, this really sucks. Uh, <laughs> we should invent some way, or, or kind of some sort of like floaty shoes that you, can, <laughs> that you can walk back and forth from the islands on. I don't know, there's got to be a way. Somebody out there, I am convinced the market would find a way left to its own devices. You so know? It's the subsidies... Um, and the public ownership of um, these ferry services is killing innovation. Yeah, I mean, I don't fancy being a part shareholder in a ferry service. I'm already part shareholder. Oh, not anymore. I was in a bank for a while, RBS. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, we all were. We all uh, were. Yeah, nobody asked us. Just, hey, guess what, everybody? You're now a shareholder in a bank. Well, I didn't really fancy that, thanks very much. Uh, if I wanted to have shares in the bank, I'd have went and bought some, okay? Uh, and, I and, don't, then we, and then we sold off those shares. Yeah, so, yeah where's, where's my frigging dividend? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Uh, so, so, what does it entitle me to me? Being a part shareholder in a ferry service, would that entitle me to free... Uh, you know, free ferry crossing. Well, I suppose that entitles you to subsidise ferry crossings. Yeah, I guess that's kind of the point. Make everyone pay for something that a small number of people will benefit from, Yeah, I guess. But it's to keep people out in the islands because that helps. I mean, I guess you could argue it helps with tourism because tourists probably visit the islands more than mainlanders that live here do. Yeah, but if, the, um, if, that's, if there's enough tourists to justify it, then, you know, somebody will find a way getting them back and forth. Yep. And pay and making it profitable. So, so one problem they had in, in um, the island of Mull um, was um, that th- there was uh, this new tariff put on, I'm trying to remember yeah. the name, the equivalent tariff, uh, road equivalent tariff, so that crossing would be the equivalent of whatever it cost you to drive across that distance. Right, okay. So that the idea was the ticket price was the same if you had to drive across which was massively subsidised because it was a really remote place. Yeah. Um, and what happened was um, the traffic to that area went up by 80% in the year when mm-hmm. they uh, introduced that. Um, they, they didn't have enough campsites for the amount of tourists that were going there. Uh, their bins were overflowing because they couldn't deal with the amount of people visiting. Yeah. Um, and basically there was a, shortest, a shortage of services, which makes sense because as soon as you put a 
price cap on yeah. something, you'll get a shortage of it. So well, the, yeah. the ferry broke down because it couldn't cope with the sheer amount of traffic. I'm sure this is something the SNP will press ahead with regardless. I mean, they went ahead, they, they, they bought Presswick Airport as well, didn't they? Didn't they nationalise that? Got the confusingly titled Glasgow Presswick Airport. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they decided to buy that. I don't know, because Elvis went there in the... Was it the fifties or sixties? Yeah, it was the only place. The only place that Elvis ever came to in Britain was Presswick. No way. Yeah, did you not know that? No, I didn't yeah, know he touched that. in. It was like a military flight that was uh, going to Germany from, uh, uh, or going to America from Germany. Oh, okay. And he, t- they touched down at Presswick Airport. He didn't. I don't even know if he got off and walked around. He just kind of like stuck his head out. Saw the weather was shite and went, stuff this. And went back over at home. <laughs> back on his plane and uh, buggered off back to America. <laughs> so yeah, it was the only it's the, the only place ever that Elvis was in Britain was Presswick. So there you go. That so is maybe, some claim to fame. So maybe, maybe that's why they decided to buy it, to keep it for posterity. But it doesn't seem to be doing very well at all. Um, so it's been a complete waste of money as far as I know. But again, leave a comment if you know any different, if you think Presswick, blatantly confusingly titled, Glasgow Presswick Airport has been a roaring success, uh, you can let us know the evidence and let us know why, and uh, we'll review it. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's a good idea to nationalise Calumac. I think there's uh, better things to do with public money, like give it back to them and, don't, and stop stealing it from them in the first place. Agreed. Yeah. I think I'm impressed with, I've been once or twice because it was cheaper and going from actual Glasgow to the airport. Yeah. But, but maybe the reason it was cheaper is because it was heavily subsidised. Quite possibly. Yeah. Well, I, then again, I stopped going, I think, because because there was like new taxes applied. Okay. But that was quite a while back. Um, and then you couldn't get those like £10 flights to yeah. mainland Europe anymore. And then there was right. no, no real point in getting... The, the, the budget airlines became more, more expensive and... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, if Calmac, if, if Calmac wasn't there, I guess maybe there'd be more flights. You know, maybe somebody would, would huh. you know, maybe somebody would. Are we Cessna or something? Right? Yeah, or I mean, like uh, airships are coming along again. Apparently, they you know, zeppelins. They, yeah, zeppelins. Get the zeppelins back out, man. Get them, <laughs> get them over to you know. You could probably build an airship big enough to carry cars. Uh, across there, mm-hmm. uh, and they're a lot more environmentally friendly if you're into that kind of thing than the Carmack ferries would be. So, I mean, you'd probably go about 2,000 miles an hour because of the fucking wind. <laughs> well, imagine trying get to land a Zeppelin on the, the sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe I haven't thought this through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but look, you'd have like a giant net, you know, right, just that you could fly it into. Right, you're, just, <laughs> you're just trying to go a five minute journey, end up in Iceland. <laughs> Well, this is a serendipity of life. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe you'd enjoy Iceland more than you'd enjoy... Quite possibly. They certainly seem to be all doing idea. better on their banking front. That's yeah, sure. at least they, they, they jailed their bankers, which uh, we feel today. So, uh, yeah, I don't think uh, subsidising any form of transport uh, with public money is a good idea. Because you're destroying information about what people want and yeah. how efficient the travel is. Yeah, and you're destroying so. innovation as well, as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, let's not have that. If, if a private company wants to subsidise it, have at it. Go ahead. No objections whatsoever. Richard Branson or uh, Glog or who's that guy that does Stagecoach? I don't know. You know the guy that fell out with the S&P briefly. Um, yeah, they can... Uh, you can see we've really researched this. <laughs> uh, yeah, 
if, if a private guy wants to to uh, to subsidise anything, he's more than welcome to you know space travel, for example. So yeah, that's enough on that. What we got next? Next up, we have it's Hurt Wilder. Hurt Hurt Wilders. Yeah. Hurt Wilders is obviously not from uh, Shettleston. Um, by the way, I'm pronouncing his name. I know, he could be, maybe he was born there. Hirt Wilders is a Dutch politician and filmmaker uh, who made a film called Fitna. I think it's still available on YouTube if it hasn't been taken down. I haven't seen uh, it. Okay, Fitna is... Okay, I don't think it's unfair to call it a propaganda film. Okay. Uh, it's about Islam and it's, it attacks Islam and it starts off with pictures of planes crashing into the, the, the Twin Towers and it gives you relevant uh, Quranic verse that would correspond to why they did that. You know, so And then it interviews... Right. Uh, I don't think it tells lies, but don't, you don't have to lie to be propaganda. You can just be one-sided. Extremely. So I think, it, I think it was a one-sided movie, but it's worth seeing. It's worth checking out. And because he made this film, he upset a lot of people on the left. And I think he even upset Theresa May at the time uh, because he was banned from coming to Britain hmm. uh, because of his views on Islam. And he's, he, was, uh, he was accused of being Islamophobic and fascist and divisive. However... Right. Well, that sounds familiar because isn't, yeah. isn't Trump going to be potentially banned from his state visit? He could. Because the left has gone hysterical about Yeah, they've gone hysterical. Policies. I mean, it's absolutely fine to bring the Chinese Premier to the UK because he's such a stand-up guy. I mean, the Chinese have never bothered anybody. You know, they're such a peace-loving, uh, you know, isolationist um, sort of... You know, they, they love everybody and they never invaded Tibet or killed a lot of people there. So, uh, and their human rights record, of course, is absolutely unblemished. But the, the left have no idea what this guy is saying because it's all in Chinese. So oh, right. okay. we can't tell whether he's being misogynist, racist, sexist, you know? Yeah. Or, uh, or genocidal. Or you know, genocidal, for genocidal. that matter. Yeah, yeah. You know, the fact that the Chinese, you know, went around killing people's children, you know, because, you know, because uh, you weren't allowed to have enough. it. Yeah, because one is enough for anybody, apparently. You know, so uh, well, perhaps one's more than enough, to be honest. But it's not the government's business to decide how many children you have. Yes. Um, so, you yeah. Have a lot of foresight there. They're going to run out of a working population. Yeah, yeah. Soon. Well, they did. That's when. That's why they've reversed the policy now in China. Because, right. uh, you know, they're, going to have, they're going to have a slump then. Well, yeah, because they did set, if you're living in a, a society that, that has a lot of public services... You're gonna need an X amount of young people to, to work and to pay for it. You know, Japan's going through this kind of crisis at the moment with the whole grass eater thing. Right. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this. No. Herbivores. I don't know what you'd call it in Japanese. Again, if you know the exact word for this in Japanese, let us know. Uh, the herbivores are kind of like Japanese MGTOs. Okay. All right. They're, they're people who've said like we're not going to get married. So uh, MGTOW for people who maybe haven't heard that. Yeah, men going their own way. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a more of a kind of movement than anything else. It's just a bunch of guys have decided, let's not get involved with women uh, <laughs> uh, because they're more trouble than they're worth. And uh, in Japan, they're known as grass eaters or herbivores. Uh, they're not against befriending women. They just don't have sexual relationships with women or they, and they certainly don't get married to women. 
And they're certainly not going to have children with them. So is this like a a super green economics thing where you're like, you know what, the worst thing for the planet is human beings, so let's not make any more I don't think that's... I don't know if that's part of it. Uh, I don't know if there's a green aspect. Maybe that's why they're called herbivores. I I don't know. But um, it's certainly more to do with... It's not... I think it's just to do with young guys saying, do you know what, it's more fun just to be like flat sharing with another guy and playing PlayStation all day and drinking beer and doing what you want rather than getting married and then have to work your absolute sack off <laughs> to look after a wife and kids. You know, screw that. Um, and it's, right. it, it, it became a concern so much that there was a question raised in the, the Japanese government saying, well, look, this is becoming uh, quite a, a, a big movement. If they don't have kids, little red flag. Right yeah, 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 yeah. If they don't, have, if they don't get married and have kids, mm-hmm. then who's going to pay for all our phony baloney jobs? <laughs> Clearly, something must be done. You yes. Know? So yeah, I don't know how we got onto that. Yeah, Chinese premier, absolutely fine for him to come here, but it wasn't fine for Donald Trump. It's not fine for Donald Trump to come here, and it wasn't fine for Geert Wilders to come here. Now Geert Wilders uh, is running in the Netherlands elections, which I think are going to take place in about six weeks' time. And his party... uh, um, Just talk among yourselves for a minute. Uh, I should have this up, but um, just stop us if at any point we do get too professional for you. Um, (laughs) I just noticed that the audio had cut out at some point as well. Oh, has it? Oh, fantastic. So there should still be audio here. Oh, there should um, be. Right. Okay. Apologies for the technical difficulties within the last... Five minutes. I don't okay. know. I haven't been watching. Okay. Is it back on, though? It's back on. Okay, we now have audio again. Yeah, so, uh, proper audio again. Uh, Heert Wilders, could Heert Wilders help the Dutch provide next election shock? Uh, and he's leader of the far right. It's called the PW, uh, Parti voor de Vrijheid. So it's Party of Freedom. Yeah. And um, he's against the Quran. He said it should be banned. Um, on the same grounds that Mein Kampf is banned. I mean, in fairness to the guy, what he said was, look, I'm not into banning books. We shouldn't ban books. It's not a good thing to do. But if you're going to ban Mein Kampf, you might as well ban the Quran because there's just as much anti-Semitic stuff in there as there is in the uh, Mein right. Kampf. Or at least the Hadith, right? Yeah, okay. So that that's his conjecture. So because he said this, that these things... People uh, take against him. I don't agree with everything the guy says, um, but he's got a right to say it, even though he's been banned from saying it and he's been threatened with arrest in the Netherlands and all the rest of it. But his party seems to be garnering quite a large amount of support and he could be on track for a victory in the Netherlands. Hmm. Uh, And also, you know... Guess what? If you're on the left and you're concerned about this and you're concerned about Marina Le Pen, I'm concerned about Marina Le Pen. It's not her nationalism that frightens me, it's her socialism because she's into nationalising things. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. So, if you're concerned about these people, do you know what? You kind of did it to yourself because you have stifled this kind of thing for so long. People are sick of it. And every time you label somebody a racist who's not... And every time you label somebody a misogynist who's not, and every time you label somebody a fascist who's not, people just get a little bit more bored of it every time. So when somebody comes along who actually is a fascist and a racist, 
nobody's listening to you anymore. So you've done it to yourself with your hyperbole. Absolutely. You, yeah. It's like the boy who cried wolf. Yeah, If totally. you keep saying it, it diminishes the power of Of course of it does. And everybody's a sexist or racist. I saw a great meme uh, on a website the other day, and it was like a cover of a children's book, and it had Adolf Hitler on a, on a little magic carpet. And it said, okay. A Children's Guide to Online Political Discourse. And it said, basically the title of the book was, Everybody I Don't Like is Hitler. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's basically it. You know, if you, if yeah. you, if whoever you disagree with is a fascist if you're on the left. You know? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, they do that with capitalism as well. Like, if there's something that happens I don't like, it's capitalism's fault. And if there's something that happens I do like, well, it's socialism, because that, I mean, that's how I categorize things, basically. Yeah, exactly. So... As much as I disagree with a lot of what Geert Wilders would say, um, I think he's got a right to say it, and I think he should have been heard. I think he shouldn't have been banned from the UK. You should have let him come here, and you should have argued against him. But do you know what? You're so devoid of argument, and so devoid of facts, and so devoid of any, uh, you know... They would essentially be pulling their pants down in public and revealing themselves. Absolutely. Because they can't can't stand it. So... Yeah. Sunlight is the the best um, disinfectant, right? Yeah. If it really is terrible, what he's yeah. saying and completely untrue, yeah. Then you should let call him, him out. Loud call and him clear. out on that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he will disgrace himself yeah. by being so idiotic. Yeah. So we've done enough of disgracing ourselves for <laughs> one episode. So feel free to call us out on our shit uh, on the in the comments on the YouTube comments. Or if you're listening to us on iTunes or SoundCloud, if we actually get some uh, some some audio back for you, <laughs> let's, uh, let's hope there's some audio. Yeah, let's hope there's some audio. There. Right, or otherwise I'm going to have to beat down to death with his, <laughs> own, with his own setup here. But anyway, so uh, until next time, don't be a dick or a fanny. Be a libertarian. <laughs> if you want more Scottish Liberty podcasts, remember to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or SoundCloud.